Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Hello, everyone. Greetings from two sick people. We're here. You caught me on the hop there, Ted. I mean, we normally waffle like inane fools for a few seconds, and you just started. Before we before we before we recorded, we were just comparing ailments, and I reckon that I've got some ear infection or something. And but Aiden is just a lazy git. Oh yeah, I don't have any. I can't claim anything official. I'm just, as you say, I think I've got lazy gititis. It's not even midday, Ted. What are we doing? Exactly. Yeah, recording in the morning. Good. Oh dear. Uh, well, it's nearly midday. That sounds like one of my jingles recording in the morning. <laughs> Very good, yeah. Um, right, now it's show 183. It is the tail end of March 2023, and we bring you a potpourri of whatever works. I hope there's 23 items in. That would just keep the keep the consistency, uh, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. You, can, you can count as we go along. Okay. Whateverworks.works is our website. Links to all the stuff we're going to talk about there. MeWe Group is where we scoop up all the goodies to bring to the shows. So do head across there. If you don't know what we're talking about with that, <laughs> neither do we. Show notes. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, then links are in the show notes. They're also all at tedsalmon.com. Me, we links all the groups, all the audio podcasts that we and the team are involved in. AidenBell.com is where Aiden hangs out and where you can book him up to be your Santa next year. Um, <laughs> so head across there. And um, yeah, that's about it, really. So, what I, I see from the show notes that you've been talking to robots. <laughs> yeah, I went to Tesco on Tuesday, like you do. I met a robot. I met a robot in Tesco. It was really cute. Um, I've put a picture and a video in our recording notes. I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, it's probably Aiden Bell late to the party as usual and people are raising their eyes skyward. Oh, good Lord, has he only just seen one? But this thing, it's sort of the size and shape of a dustbin and it's clearly some kind of a vacuum cleaner thing. And it's just... It was just merrily trotting up and down between the between the shoppers and the trolleys and up and down the aisles, merrily cleaning away all by itself and stopping when something approached it. Uh, it was it was great fun, and of course, as, you know, it's just a cleaner robot. Yeah, so right. what? But it's the first one I've ever met in the flesh, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was really quite fun. It took me aback. I thought it was going to offer to do your shopping for you. <laughs> oh, that'll come. I bet you. Don't worry yeah. about that. But um, yeah, it, sorry. After you, Ted. It, it, I was going to say, it looks very nicely designed, very smart, and I guess it's smart enough not to run into people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, the first thing I did was stand in its way and see what happened, and it did. It, 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 we, we had a sort of Clint Eastwood sort of show-off until I decided I'd move first, and I walked out yeah. of the way, and off it went. It carried on. So, um, great fun. And it just made me think, oh, my, the world is a-changing, isn't it? I mean, you know, now we go to Tesco and we meet robots in, in, our, in our 12, you know, it's just... My great, my great uncle's head would have been um, appalled at this because his job every morning was going and cleaning the floor of Marks and Spencers in Southampton, and this would have done him out of a job. It, 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 yes, I, I'm with you on that, Ted. I mean, the world is a chat. I was talking to a friend the other day. I mean, we spoke to someone in America, and I said to my friend, 
I remember when I was a child and we had a relative living in America and every Christmas it was a special occasion, a special event. We would make a short, very expensive phone call to America to say Happy Christmas. And now our phones are connecting with the States when we don't even, we're not even aware of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we've strayed into better before here, haven't we? But yeah, the world is certainly changing. Yes, indeed. And apropos changing a new technology, we've both been playing with Bard this week, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. I, but I played with Chat GPT before that, so I, I'd had a go before Bard came along. But um, Bard, they, they, most people that are using Bard are saying that it's a bit rubbish compared to the Microsoft version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I gave it a go. I asked it to write me a... Uh, comparison review, a thousand word comparison review between two phones and it did it and it got all the major points. Um, We were testing it, you and I, mucking about and we were catching it out, weren't we? Oh, I mean (laughs) well, I mean, first of all, I did this classic thing, I sat in front of it and I thought I have no idea what to ask it. So, of course, I started saying, can you tell me how big is your bottom? (laughs) The 12-year-old came out at me. And then I got a bit more sensible and started. And (laughs) I asked it. I asked it about whatever works. And I wrote, is Aidan Bell the host of the podcast Whatever Works? And Bard came back saying... No, Aidan Bell is not the host of Whatever Works. Ted Salmon is the host of Whatever uh, Works. So I went off Aiden. Bard very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame, isn't it? The, the, the reason for that is because podcasts tend to want someone's name up front and centre. And I found this um, when I was uploading the stuff to the to the directories for podcasts. It's the same with PSC, is that Steve's name is up there front and centre and associated with the podcast. You, I don't mind. You can't, you can't seem to put two people's names no, into the directory. No, I don't mind, Ted. I don't mind. I, you take all the glory. I'll do all the work. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. no, no, but I have to say, you do both, Ted. I really feel like a passenger here and a very grateful one, too. <laughs> it has been um, It has um, been quite good fun, though. You're right, mucking about with it and seeing what it does. And no doubt it will just get better over time. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this whole thing on the news at the moment about how they're saying, stop, stop, technology is going to take over the world and kill us all. We must have a six-month pause. I'm sure you've heard about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we're, we're going to hell in a handbasket in any case. I shredded a toenail, Ted. You shredded a toenail? I shredded a toenail. I, I, I didn't even know hey, that hang was... Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You can't have shredded. Surely I looked it up. Just, I checked. It's shredded. No, no. It? I wrote it down and I thought, is that shed. a real word? And I shed. checked. And it is. It's the past tense of to shred. I shredded. <laughs> I sh- I, I no, did not indeed. shredded. Shedded. Oh, shedded. Not, not shredded. No, shredded is wheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, my toenail came off. And the weird thing is, I was in my bedroom and I had that awful thing that happens to us once in a while. I smacked my toenail on the corner of the bed and I was in the most explicit agony. And then I looked down and I thought, oh, bugger, there's blood. And oh, my Lord, the toenail's coming off. This is horrible. So I cleaned it up, put some TCP on, wrapped up in a bandage. The next day I took the bandage off. The toenail was in the bandage and I had another toenail on my toe. And I thought, am I a salamander or something? Have I grown another toenail in 24 hours? I don't know what happened there. I am baffled and befuddled. I had a toenail. I stubbed it on the bed. It came off and there was another one waiting underneath. Really quickly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it was my little toe, which is tiny and and, and fat and stubbly and you can't get to it. So, you know, I mean, it's only a tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny little toenail anyway. But most bizarre, I expected to have raw skin and pain and effort and bandaging for weeks, but not at all. It must have been coming off anyway. I presume, yeah. It wouldn't have grown instantly, would it? 
Unlike my nail, which I've... Um, you, know, you remember my um, incident with the hand blender? Oh, goodness, I... yes, when you tried to clean it and it was still switched on. Yes, I, I do. Know, I don't know how long ago that was. I just can't remember. But my my nail is getting blacker and blacker. It's growing up the nail. Ah, so yeah, I I'm know guessing that one. the same yes. thing will happen to me as happened to you. Yeah, but it's great fun because you'll watch this black piece get closer and closer to the top and wonder what will happen yeah. when it gets there, you know. And I'm sure it will then get shed... Next. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Could you run that by me again? <laughs> I got, what? I got this. I got the. I got this thing from the pound shop. A basil, a, a faulty towers hotel reception bell, and I thought it could be quite good fun. <laughs> basil, basil. I, I should say Edward. You see, you see, we're cheering up already, aren't we? <laughs> Oh, you see, well, if you play a bell to Mr. Bell, what can he do but cheer up? (laughs) I borrowed a neighbour's drill this week to do a little job on the static, which I'll come to later. And I was amazed at how cool and good it was. I asked him how much it was and where he got it. I was thinking this cordless drill with ex- all sorts of um, drill bits and, yeah. and, and, um, and screwdriver attachments and um, a, um, a chuckless, um, a key, sorry, a keyless chuck arrangement and variable power and speed thingy. I thought this must be about 80 quid's worth. No, 20 quid from Lidl's. <gasps> And I thought, good grief, that's amazing value. It was a, it was a, a real substantial lump of a thing, you know. It wasn't, a, it didn't feel like a cheap yeah. crapo thing. Um, but the the closest I could get to it, I, uh, outside of Lidl's, was um, one on Amazon, which I'll link to, called a Terra Tech, and it looks very much like that one. But yeah, amazing, twenty quid. Wow, wow. that is because I, I just had a sneaky look, and the one on Amazon is about thirty odd quid, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, very good, though. I ooh. was very impressed, and it did the job nicely. Oh, I'm thinking I might run down to my local Lidl, if I can find one, and see... I don't if... think they do them. I looked it up on Lidl, and they... You know what Lidl are like. They they go through phases of having stuff and not having stuff. Yes. And at, at the moment, it certainly wasn't on their website. I learned in Germany, I don't know if we say it in England, the middle of Lidl, I think is quite nice. The the aisles uh-huh. with all the good stuff on are the middle of Lidl. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. That could get very tedious. We're going to get that in between every item. No, you. But the thing is, you could just do it when you finished, because you know sometimes, especially I, tend to dive in across you and interrupt. Well, I can wait for the bell. You can ring the bell when you finish as an indication that it's my turn. All right. So ring the bell. I'm very excited, (laughs) not only by the bell. Um, My birthday's coming up in May. Another couple of months. I oh, thank right. you, sir. And um, we are considering a coffee consortium within the family. I won't go into details because that's private anyway. But we're trying to see if it's possible for me to get the Sage Oracle for my birthday. <laughs> Eighteen hundred quid. Uh, exactly, and it's going to have to be a bit, a bit from here and a bit from there, and I'll have to pay a substantial amount, most of it myself, and blah 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 blah. Oh, you've um, got my hundred quid, and I've got your hundred quid. It's one. calculated yeah. coming in. If I'll let you have the, oh, God knows how I'll get the old one to you, but that's a bridge we'll cross when we get to it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, at the moment, the Sage Oracle coffee machine is, as you say, eighteen hundred quid, which is just off the chart and out of the question. A while ago, it was down around the thirteen hundred mark. And I'm just watching it on a daily basis and keeping my eye on, um, I forget the name of it every time, the the little plug-in that keeps an eye on the prices on Amazon. Keeper. Keeper, thank you. Um, And if it drops, then it'll be action stations. (laughs) 
Um, but that's all. I just yeah. thought I'd share the good news that conceivably, well, actually, then we'll both end up with a new coffee machine in May. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to have your cast off. <laughs> <laughs> be quite interesting because I've never had one before. Not a machine that does all that fancy stuff. I've always had pod pod machines, you know, or you know, just um, very manual arrangements like yes. um, Chris Kelly's AeroPress, but nothing all you know clever and doing it all himself. Well, so, I shall yeah, have great your, fun. Your turn. Thank you. <laughs> I shall have great fun making uh, instruction videos for you before I get it to you. Excellent. Oh, dear. So anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, watch this space. If it, if it sticks, if it stays up around the two grand, I can barely say it, then it's just out of the question and we're not going to yeah, do it. Yeah, but yeah. if the price drops, it may happen. Um, also, Jim Fowl, one of our um, wonderful uh, MeWe group yes, members, indeed. wanted to mention his coffee machine as well, didn't he? He did. He posted. He said, I'm still using my Nespresso Virtu Plus, Virtuo Plus. And he says, I love this machine. The pods make it easy for me. I would go bean to cup, but I'm too lazy. Sixty nine ninety nine. he says, reduced from $219.99 RRP. Wow. Yeah, and I remember posting, because I think he, he finished by saying, I, I hope it's all right to mention coffee again. And I said, you can mention coffee whenever you want, Jim. It's no yeah. problem. Um, going back to that RRP, yeah. I, looked through, I looked through Keeper, and it, and it says that it's only ever been that price for one week. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, the, the normal price is more like about uh, yeah, 80 or yeah. 90 quid. I remember hearing stories in the old days of, you know, the famous MFI furniture sales and such like. They would have one day when all the items would be off the chart expensive just for 24 hours, and then they'd bring them all down, and then they could, or they could yeah. then go on saying, you know, reduced from... <laughs> <laughs> because they've yeah, just yeah, stuck yeah. it up there for 24 hours. Yeah. I'll tell you what we haven't got a um, jingle for is our general feedback. So I'll tell you what we'll do. General feedback. <laughs> Counter number four, please. <laughs> and Yeah, that would be quite good fun, wouldn't it? And item number one, please. Yes. <laughs> item number two, please. Andy Warden on... I haven't heard that for ages. Andy Warden on Black Wheel... And we'll include a three-minute YouTube video on this, which I was supposed to link uh, put a link in for, but I forgot. The invisible turntable, he says. Of course, this is an LP player, a turntable, a record player, but it plays the uh, the the, it, the the whole idea of this thing is that it's minimalist and it stands up on a little stand. You put the record on the front of it. All the workings are on the inside, on the back end. So the the stylus plays the record on the wrong side. So if you've got a black vinyl record, you can't see any of that. If you've got a clear vinyl record, you can, of course, and you can see what's going on on the inside. But it looks really, really classy. Um, it is. I think it's probably more of a concept thing than anything at the moment. But it looks really very, very classy. Lovely controls and sliders and capacitive buttons around the rim of this almost record-sized, you know, 12-inch-size um, device. And it looks very, very premium. It's also got smart track scanning, which means basically if you ask it to play track three, it will find the bit in between. I don't know what it will do with concept records that roll into each other in terms of tracks, but that's another matter, I suppose. Um, 
the stylus actually looks like it's really crappy, but I, uh, the kind of one you wouldn't dare put your records on. But I guess it can't be for you know this this the thing the thing is so premium it looks just wonderful. So I guess it's something that rich people will buy for their rich spouses when they've run out of ideas for Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, well spotted, Andy. A nice looking device, and it's called the Black Wheel. You're not supposed to find the tracks in between concept albums, you swine. You're supposed to put it on at the beginning and let it play to the end. Do you know what, yes. Ted? Um, even though you didn't do your homework properly and forgot to link to the video, I found it. I watched it. Right. This is the sexiest turntable you've ever brought onto the show. And you've brought a few turntables onto this show in the past. <laughs> Ted, this is gorgeous. And I want one of those. In the video, he's putting it on the wall. So it's actually on the wall like a picture. Right. So you just yeah, present yeah. your record to the wall and it just... Yeah. Pla- oh, it's beautiful. It's just... It's magic. It's a Harry Potter of record players. You stick the record on the wall and it just plays to you. I absolutely love this and I want one of those. How much was it? I didn't look. I, I think it's more of a concept thing. Oh, I see. I don't, it, I don't think it's actually for sale. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll check the details and put that link in there before we, wow. um, before we publish. Well, as I've said, my birthday's in May... Yes, you can, have that, you can have that and your copy oh, machine. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> oh, that is gorgeous, Ted. Simon Nobbs, <clears throat> excuse me, brings us a quad lock phone case and accessories. Now, this is fun. He, Simon says, this is to do with fixing phones to tripods. Simon says, I've been looking for a decent case and accessories system for my phone and came across this stuff. First, the magnetic case and the tripod mount. The case is excellent, very sturdy and grippy and will definitely protect your phone in a drop, as I found out. (laughs) It's now my main everyday case. The twist and lock system is very smooth and holds very well. I think the idea is you just present the phone to the tripod and twist it and it locks with the magnet and it's voila, Mm. it's fixed on. The magnet is nice and strong too, he says. The tripod mount is great, it holds very well and is permanently fitted to my tripod. I then decided to get the car vent mount with Qi charging. That comes with either magnetic or twist and lock fitting. Excuse me again. I went with the twist method and it works flawlessly. I've tried various Qi charging mounts in the car and none of them seem to work well with my Pixel 7. This one works great every time. It's very well made, was easy to fit and is very secure in the air vent. I've also got the ring stand attachment, which works well too. All in all, I would recommend this system highly. There are a large number of attachments and prices are not bad for the quality. Yeah, it does look nice. I mean, of course, the only the only yeah. possible downside is you have to have the case on your phone at all times in order for it to fit yeah. to various things. But if you're prepared to have the case and you like the case, I think that's fabulous. Especially, I mean, I I have a friend who does you know this YouTubing in the gym and look at me, I'm flexing my muscles on this machine and that machine. And of course, he's putting the phone on and off his tripod all the time. So something like this would be excellent for a use case like that. Yeah, everyone's trying to um, catch up with Apple, aren't they, with their MagSafe stuff? Um, and this is yes. one firm's way of kind of to to do that. But yeah, at a quarter of the price, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but the, the trouble is that phone cases are so personal. I think I, I I really struggle with phone cases to get one I really like, and the ones that I like, no one else likes. And the, the chances of this what particular one suiting everyone, I don't know. I it seems like a, a, a bit of a long shot, really. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. That's why I said it. I felt it was the only downer. I don't have a case, phone cases yeah. at all. I don't like cases. Indeed. But anyway, yeah, good shout, Simon. That looks like a good system. And if you if you like the case, you can buy into it and get all sorts of stuff, as you say. So well done indeed. Gareth Miles is next. 
our friend from Tech Addicts, of course, and he brought to the last Tech Addict show, he doesn't know I'm doing this, hello, Gareth, <laughs> he brought this um, little torch, which the reason I brought it here is because he was just bowled over by how amazingly bright it was. It's got a 2,000 lumen um, output, which is... ATR 6500K, whatever that means, which is what he said as well. Um, super bright, 5,000 milliamp hour battery in, inside it. There's also a USB-C cable and port to charge it with. Um, yeah, he, he couldn't believe how bright it was. He turned it on in the turbo mode and it lit up the whole neighbour, he said. <laughs> he, he saw curtains twitching. <laughs> they all thought that a UFO had landed. <laughs> So it's hard to imagine something so incredibly bright, which is just a pocket torch. Um, but anyway, apparently, according to Gareth, it is. And it's, I mean, it's not cheap at 40 quid. Uh, but um, yeah, it looks really, really good, doesn't it? If you had the, the, the case, the need for one. If you're in turbo mode, incidentally, it only lasts for un just under two hours. If you turn the turbo mode down to high, you've got five hours turbo. use. And... A torch with turbo. I mean, what a exactly. ridiculous expression. <laughs> curtain twitching. Um, and it takes two or three hours to charge by USB. So, uh, sorry, USB-C. So, yeah. But yeah, he was, um, the, when he was describing it on the show, it sounded like absolutely amazing how you can get this. This little thing that you carry around in your front jeans pocket, you turn it on and suddenly you've lit up a stadium. Amazing. I'd love to, to have one and see it. Me too. Again, again, I don't really have the use case for it, but I do no. love the look of it. 65,000, by the way, it's 100 is, is the colour temperature. And so that would be daylight. Oh. So that would be that even appeals to me even more. Then so you get sixty five k daylight super bright. Right. So wow, wow mm, indeed. Very good. Yeah. Anyway, um, he says it's great. I've got. <laughs> I must learn to wait. I don't like putting thing, bringing things to the show that I haven't actually tried. Um, I'm a little reticent to just say, oh, I've spotted this. I want. I, uh, isn't it good? Unless it's, of course, an I want one of those. So I, this is too cheap to be an I want one of those. But I spotted on Amazon the other day the sock stop, um, which this well, what they're selling it at it as is um, a sort of gooey, latexy, milky paste that you paint on the soles of your socks. And when it dries and sets, it becomes a sort of rubber sole. So basically, it's just treated latex. And so, you know, you know, you know, you can get these socks which have got well, rubber soles. You can now make your own. You can get your favourite pair of socks and paint latex rubber on the bottom of them. And when it dries, you've then got supposedly waterproof and, um, you know, Lego brick proof uh, soles for your socks, which... A, sounds like a lovely idea, and B, of course, this immediately appealed to me, to my uh, Heath Robinson side of my brain, and I thought, well, this would be really rather useful to have in the home, So, because there, could, there must be a myriad uses. I can't think of anything offhand now, but you could any kind of material you could put this onto in order to give you a, a latexy, rubbery, water-resistant area. So um, I'm sure there are a myriad DIY uses, although I can't think of any now. <laughs> well, for one thing, you could um, you could put something on to the back of your phone. That's what I was thinking. Well, there's of, a thought. Phones are always too slippery for me, and if you had some of this stuff, you could very carefully, possibly a very thin kind of I don't know. Make your own I, phone I, case. There you are. We, you were just saying well, you yeah. want a case that you like. Well, you can get some sock stop and build your own. It comes and also in keeping. Sorry. 
I was going to say, also keeping stuff on the dashboard in the car. Maybe that, y y y I don't know. We've talked about these little black rubbery mat things yes. for that. Well, oh, that's, of course, anything to stop anything slipping and sliding. If you've got any, if you've got an item on your desk that tends to slide around, just paint some of this on the underside of it. There you go. Yeah. Now we're cooking on gas. It comes in, in brown, turquoise, green, orange, red, pink and white. So pink. the pink. Yeah, yeah lovely. Uh, put yeah. it on your toothbrush. Um, yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Sock stop. I've never had any experience of it except I found it on Amazon and it looks rather fun. If anyone's tried any of this stuff, do let us know. I'm, I'm tempted to get some for my mum because it's her birthday coming up and she doesn't listen to the show anymore. She, does Hazel still listen to our show? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, when she remembers. <laughs> <laughs> my mum and dad have given up. They went, they went through a phase of listening, tuning in. Oh, look, it's our son on the radio. Um, and they, they never listen. So is that why now. you want to buy your mother a bottle of latex? Just to say, <laughs> Yabu, you should be listening. What's, she, what's your mum yeah. going to do with it? Or are you saying she's got some kitchen uses and she, such? No, she, she likes some uh, socks, uh, you know, these, um, these non-slip socks. Oh, I see. Um, and she's she's always getting them for Christmas and birthdays, and this, this would mean that she could make whatever. I wonder if you can get it off again after you put it on. People were asking about how many washes it would survive, and it will come off after it's been washed too, too many times, etc. Yeah, I mean, okay. you could just imagine because oh, I've had more experience with latex rubber than others because my father worked with in, in the rubber industry. But right. latex rubber will usually peel off most things, uh, except material is harder because because it's 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 set into all the fibres. But yes, I imagine it would come off after after. You see, that, um, if you look at the picture on the front of the bottle, you can see that they've got kind of splodges across the bottom of someone's sock. Yes. But the, what's the black bit? It looks as is if, that... it looks to me from that picture as if the black bit is the stuff and the white bit is, I don't know, if they walk through mini marshmallows or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they've actually done it in, maybe they've painted it that way. I mean, they're selling all these colours. Maybe they're just to advocate the colours idea that you can have a black sole and then you can paint little white spots on it. I think it's a good idea, in principle. I'd like to get a bottle and see what you could use it for. It's obviously an experiment we need to do. I think so. You can take one for the team, Ted. Thank you. Jim Fowler's back now on Avatar Smart Clubs. Ah. Following my... Uh, on, on show... Um, 180. 180. 180. We can do it. Yes. Um, following my tapo plugs on that show, um, he says I'm buying some more smart plugs too. These avatar ones work on 2.4 gigahertz frequency, and they do occasionally lose connection if the internet goes out, but easy to reconnect, and you can turn them on and off from the socket itself as a backup. I reckon I've got ten of these in place at the moment, and there's four more on the way. Fourteen, Jim, in a house. Good grief. You must have lots of lights. I love the idea of turning it on and off. That is beautiful. A bit, I mean, manually, Turn but it, it's got a button on it. Yes, yeah, you've got to... Because the one that I've got hasn't got that. So, yeah, you're right. Good for turning lamps on and off, he says. Even my wife has got into using this app, which means that they're truly remote control for me. <laughs> <laughs> 27 quid same price same price as mine they all claim that they're um on special offer but they're not they're, they all seem to be 27 to 30 quid for four um and yes aiden you're right with a switch a physical switch on the side these are better than mine but do you know what i, I recall what you said in the last show and i echo it now I can't think of enough. I mean, I couldn't possibly find the use case for fourteen of these. I, I, I'd well, struggle. Isn't it? I'd struggle with one or two. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. 
the thing is, I'll, we tend to have lights, you know, built-in lights in the walls rather than standing yeah. lights. And yeah, yeah, yeah you you you, you need a use case, but it, if you've got the use case, then fabulous. And also, and also, and also, I, you, you know those um, LED lamps that we keep banging on about every five minutes. That they've got an in-line on-off switch. Well, if you take the power away, then the, the they default to being off, and so this wouldn't work with them because every time it clicked on. The, all the clever smart stuff turned it on. It wouldn't turn on because you've got to press the button on the on the thing to turn it on. Know the rubbish that is. <laughs> hey, jingle time! I wonder who bought it. <coughs> Clear your throat. I wonder who bought it. Uh, shush! Quiet. <laughs> Be quiet in the back. Um, the, no, I wonder who bought it is something that we pick up from the Amazon account. I thank you all that are using my um, affiliate link. It's at tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. Buy your stuff through that link and it makes no difference to you at all. I don't know who you are, but I do know what people buy. And this week I want to highlight the BT Digital Audio Baby Monitor 400, which has high definition sound, sound level lights, whatever that means, interference uh, free digital HD sound sensitive um, uh, LEDs for visual alerts. The batteries are charged in the parent unit and um, it, the, the range is 50 metres indoors and 300 metres outdoors. 300? I wonder, is that the wrong way round? You'd think it would be less outdoors and indoors, wouldn't you? But I'm sorry, who would leave their baby outdoors and then walk off 300 <laughs> metres away? Well... <laughs> The thing is that this is not just for babies. This is this is 30 quid, incidentally. Link in the show notes. Um, now, the audio version of this, mm -hmm. um, it, it, I, there are different uses you can make for it, not just monitoring your baby. For example, you could play hide-and-seek. <laughs> Put the speaker in a strange place and then just sit and have a beer while they all look for it. If you're having a party... Place a few monitor speakers around the living room, then um, play the music into the receiver, and you've got surround sound. I, I must admit, I never thought <laughs> oh, of that. You're one. just <laughs> being silly now, Ted. <laughs> Reverse the principle and read to the brat while you lay in your own bed. Ooh. And also, the last one was hours of fun confusing your dog. <laughs> I could, I could buy into that one. You have a wicked mind, Mister Summers. <laughs> The video version, however, yeah. possibly more seriously, you could use it for home security yes. uses. Yes. Um, you could point a video camera at the TV so you don't have to pause the show when you get up. <laughs> what, go to uh, make oh, a cup of tea or something? Yeah. Oh, I so see. You carry it with you. Okay. <laughs> Set a camera looking at the coffee pot so you know when it's full before you get out of bed. Ah, <laughs> oh, now that, that one I've heard before. That was the thinking behind the world's first ever webcam, which I think I've said on the show before at Cambridge right, University. Right. The very first webcam was to see if the coffee pot had brewed. So. <laughs> anyway, there you go. A baby monitor for thirty quid. It does. It does actually look and reviews really well. It looks. It looks really good. So if you bought this monitor, do let us know if it was you. If you want to own up, and if so, what you're using it for. In the meantime, my link for the affiliate link once more is tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. Thank you. Ring the bell. Ted's top tips. Ted's top tips. Ted's top tips. Right. How to wash towers with vinegar. Oh, 
Bath towels get a lot of use, so it's worth learning how to keep them looking fresh and their, at their best. This will mean soft, luxurious, hotel-style... This sounds oh, like yes. a, a sales player, <laughs> doesn't it? Every time you step out of the shower, blah, 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 blah. Wash towels with white... Oh, here we go. Here's the instructions. Wash towels with white vinegar occasionally for a deep clean that isn't quite as labour-intensive as stripping laundry. Vinegar is one of the sorry, ways... Sorry, may I interrupt? You... What is stripping laundry? Uh, <laughs> stripping laundry. Uh, um, I don't know. Okay. Shush, be, be quiet at the back. <laughs> Vinegar is one of the ways to soften towels that have begun to to feel stiff. Oh yeah, when you're, I know that when you you know that your towels. In actual fact, if you wash your towels and put them on the washing line, they often remain stiff. We found the best way of making them nice and soft and supple and lovely is to put them in the tumble dryer. And then they come out, they tend to come out much more kind of nice and cuddly and <laughs> Cuddly, I like that, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's no hard and fast rule about how much vinegar to use, but there is a suggestion that you would put one cup, in American terms, per two big towels into the washing machine, and it will make your towels all soft and lovely without having to put them in the tumble dryer. So this could be a eco-friendly and cheaper way than actually putting the tumble dryer on, I suppose. And it would actually um, be good for your washing machine, a bit of vinegar now and again. Oh, yeah. Cleans out the, the pipe. Doesn't it just? Here, laundry stripping is an aggressive cleaning method designed to remove built-up soil, laundry detergent and fabric softener from clean, in inverted commas, laundry with a chemical solution and an overnight soak in hot water. Good job you're here, really, isn't it? Still using, still using. I'm still using Red Bear coffee, which is a bit of an oxymoron because oh, you can't yeah. reuse coffee. I'm still... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, that's those cats that eat coffee beans and pass them through, isn't it? But let's not go there. Right. Chris Kelly, God bless him, brought Ridbeck Coffee onto the show, goodness me, a couple of years ago now or so. And I started ordering my coffee very regularly from there. They're a comp- an online company. They have many, 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 many. I won't use the word myriad because I get into trouble. Many, many different <laughs> coffees. Uh, from which you can choose an order in various sizes and they are sent to you in the post uh, swiftly and quickly so they stay fresh and I enjoyed using the Red Bear Coffee for a long time. I gave that up when I discovered that the local, uh, what's it called? Harrison Hall Coffee at Tesco have gorgeous, gorgeous coffee beans and it was cheaper for me and I've been drinking their beans lately and then I went decaf so I've been drinking the more expensive um, decaf beans and then I just decided the other day, hey, why don't I just check out Redbear again and I went online and they now have a large selection of decaf and for those interested, I bought myself the Central American Blend Arabic Blend with luxurious velvety smooth body, great aroma of warming spices and sweet and gentle acidity. I mean, that's all bollocks, of course, but it was nice coffee. <laughs> it was very nice coffee. However, ultimately, it, it's too expensive because you pay a little bit more for the coffee and then you have to pay for the postage, whereas getting it from the local supermarket is, of course, cheaper. And for me, the taste is equal because um, I just don't believe in all this, you know, red and white wine like, oh, the same aroma of this and, and, and the, this on your nose and all this rubbish. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I would certainly still recommend it, though. It's lovely, lovely coffee from Red, but costs a couple of quid more, but if you can afford it, then I certainly advocate Red Coffee. So I've I'm sort of gone back to still using, as it were. I expect you'd go down well at a wine tasting, wouldn't you? 
This is all bollocks, isn't it? They all taste the same. They all, yeah. Yes, and what do you think, Mr Bell? Oh, I think it's all bollocks. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I think you listeners know that I've been involved uh, quite a bit with river cruising and making safety films for river ships. And one time I was involved with helping the uh, restaurant department with their wine menus, because it's in German to English. And they sent me the, the menu and asked me if I could check the English. And I found myself making up all this rubbish. And they said, well, this is a wine that's got some some chocolate and some cinnamon and so i was i was off on one. Oh, the floral aromatic cinnamon wafts into the chocolatey <laughs> nodes and, and i mean i had great fun making up the rubbish for myself so i know it's all rubbish <laughs> now before we leave this item behind um tell me what's that Har- is it harrison hall it's oh, harris, harris and, and hall. hall okay yes i'll put a link in the show notes to those as well because I d- i've never heard of that and if I um, do end up with your coffee machine, I might well try that out. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry to rabbit on about coffee, but I think people expect that of me. I have been lucky enough to do a lot of travelling in my life, and I love coffee, and I've drunk coffee in a lot of places. But I can seriously, with my hand on my heart, tell you that some of the nicest coffee I have ever drunk was at Harrison Hall at Tesco Hatfield. <laughs> I would do music work with a colleague here and we'd say, let's have a break, and we'd pop over to Tesco and we'd sit at Harrison Hall and drink coffee. And it's beautiful coffee, and I've experienced it in other branches of Harrison Hall as well. They make the most phenomenal coffee there. So, oh, it's a um, shop, is it? It's a, sorry, it's a, I beg your pardon. Yes, it's not off the shelf. It's not off the shelf literally at Tesco. It is actually a coffee shop and they have a oh, branch inside Tesco. Right. Sorry. Bad Aiden should explain uh, that better. Um, yeah, yeah. Harrison Hall is a is a chain of coffee shops, many of which are okay. in Tesco's, and they fabulous coffee, which is ridiculous. I've been lucky enough to travel the world, and my favourite coffee comes from Tesco. That shouldn't be, but there you go. I'm still using a JVL twenty piece peg oval sock dryer, which I brought to the show in whatever works. Oh, I remember in that August two thousand and eighteen. Yes. It's used once a week at least for socks and smalls. It works like a charm in a utility room. You hang it up on, it's got a hook, you hang it up on whatever you can hang it on and all the pegs still work fine. You just, basically it's just a little kind of carousel thingy and you peg whatever you like onto it and plonk it up on the ceiling and it dries stuff depending on how dry the places you're hanging it up in it's a real good little device and it's worked really well all this time none not one of the pegs has broken um and yeah i mean there are loads of these in amazon if you search but this particular one we still um are using and it's not it's now nine quid or thereabouts so it's a a, a good buy and a cheapest chips as well goodbye <laughs> goodbye oh, um sure. <laughs> it- I was waiting for the bell. You've lost. Oh, <laughs> you- thank you. Ian Barton. <laughs> he's still using his Oregon scientific projection alarm clock. Oh, I remember these, as I said on the thread. Oh, yeah. I remember these from my teenage years. It doesn't seem to be available on Amazon now, says Ian. I bought mine in 2017. Its USP is that it projects the time onto the <laughs> ceiling. Oh, goodness, yes, I remember these. I don't use the alarm function at all, he says. However, if I wake up in the early hours of the morning and wonder what time it is, I can glance at the ceiling. It's much less intrusive than the standard LED alarm, which tends to illuminate the whole room. Here, here. I imagine, though, goes on Ian, that Aidan Bell would prefer one that projected the light in black with a black background. <laughs> You're right, Ian. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, yeah, totally. <laughs> 
if you don't mind the light on the ceiling in the night, then what a wonderful thing. Of course, nowadays, you know, I've got Google. I just roll over and say Google keyword time and the universe tells me the time, which is very convenient, but very boring. How lovely to have to look up and see it on the ceiling. Yeah, I remember these kind of being around kind of, you know, decades ago. And I but I never I never had one. It'd be interesting to see how bright it is or on the ceiling or whether you can adjust the brightness or um whether it's uh, oh you can turn the angle of it by the looks of it. So you can point it wherever you fancy, I suppose. You could point it on the wall, I suppose. You could, you I'm sure, yes. Or yeah, on your yeah. wife's pillow next to you or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're mad enough to have one. All right, what's cheap this week then, sir? Oxo. I'm on an Oxo, and this is the we love Oxo stuff on whatever works. And this is a good grips angled measuring jug. And ah, yes. It's just a smart idea. I was after a measuring jug recently, and um, this one was just a bit smarter. So um, instead of holding, having to hold the jug up or crouch down to look at pouring amounts in it, it's got a look down scale. So whatever angle you're inside inside it, you look down into it and it, you've got the measurements in there. So even if you're pouring the jug out, it shows you where it's at. It, it, you need to see it to see how it works that properly. That is but... fiendish. That yeah, is yeah, yeah. amazing. I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nine quid, cheap as chips. It's got a soft grip handle. Um, it's got metric and imperial, of course, and it's dishwasher safe, blah, blah, blah. There's also different sizes available. Um, there's, I think the biggest one is a 500ml version. But, um, yeah, yeah, really nice stuff. And we know that, um, um, sorry, OXO stuff is really good. And the good grips range in OXO, we've, had, we've, show, we've spoken about on the show before. And this is really, yeah, really, really good. Um, not so good for me because I need it to be microwave safe. And I don't think this is, but for just simple measuring, it will do the job. This is wonderful. I've made a note of that. <laughs> this is wonderful. I've made a note of that link. And I'm going to keep... Oh, that's. I'm probably get myself one of those. Thank you, Ted. Okay. I bring you... This is actually still using as well, because I've just bought my second. Um, Scotch Transparent Tape 508, which I presume refers to the size or product number. You get 10 rolls of 15 millimeter by 33 meter rolls of Scotch tape. It's sellotape. It's, it's Bob's Your Uncle, Commodore Garden sellotape. But you get 10 rolls and you pay £5.49 for them. And it's good stuff. It's, you know... I. It's sellotape. It's neither good sellotape nor bad sellotape. It's just sellotape that you keep on your desk for when you need a bit of sticky tape. <laughs> and it does the job fine. I've never had any problems with it. As I say, this is the second time I've, I bought it. I can't remember. Good, good, good while ago. Um, between my mum and I, we finally got through 10 rolls. And so I just bought another 10. £5.49 cheap at half the price. Very good. And have you got one of those dispensing machines? I have. I have. I've got one here. Yeah. And it's one of those ones that goes... When you pull the tape out, lovely, Yay. love it. Yeah, great thing. I love those; they're great. Yeah, um, yeah. Five pound forty nine, and you can also check the keeper stats because the normal price for this seems to be about twelve quid. Um, although it does kind of leap up and down like a bride's nighty. Um, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, but five pound forty nine makes them fifty p each, doesn't it? So really yeah, good. Yeah, good, very good, good very good indeed. And it's Scotch. I mean, Scotch is a name we should be able to trust. And as I say, it's been perfectly decent tape. So there you go. Now here's one that I haven't actually got. Is that a cheat? But I it should be, and I won't. No, 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 no. I I did the same thing earlier in the show. It's a cheese grater. 
Ah. We, we often come back to. But this is this is a cheese grater with a twist, and I might actually um, get one of these. It's nine pound ninety nine, and it's got um, it's basically a box, and you hold the. Um, the, on on one side it's got one fineness of grating and on, on the other side it's got another fineness of grating and you basically just hold this thing in your hand so it's got a good grip on it and you can scrape it across the cheese and whatever you 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 grate goes inside the box take the lid off and it's all inside the box now it is going to be limited as to how much you can do at any one time obviously um but it does mean that you don't grate your fingers and um it, it, it just works well I'm, I'm assuming that it works really really well it, it reviews well and um you know it's it's also bigger than i first thought it's it, when you see a picture of um, someone's hand using it it's actually quite a big thing. It is. It's 17 and a half centimetres. So, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's the size of a, of a dessert plate. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you might want to, instead of holding it and grating it, you might want to do it the other way around, I suppose. But um, I didn't realise, actually, until this minute it was quite that big. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good option. And also, in Amazon, if you search on box cheese grater, you'll find all sorts of other options, different sizes, different... And, but yeah, basically it puts the cheese inside the box and doesn't knack your fingers. I like it, and I think I might get one. This is more fiendish cunning, Ted. I mean, I, this is another link I'm going to have to hang on to. You're bringing yeah. good stuff this week, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's my turn again. Um, uh, and, and here's one that I, I, I thought you're going to love pronouncing this. You know what? On Amazon, these Chinese firm names. Yes. Well, this is one to, to challenge them all. OK, I'd be very happy to take up the challenge. This is um, an item which is called a hen. <laughs> it's Q-J-Z-X-U-E-Z-H-E-N. So so, just... Uh... The usen well, part is okay at the end, but the at the beginning. Anyway, I'll leave it in your capable hands. Well, Ted. <laughs> they've just made up a, a jumble of letters, haven't they? I actually put this into Google to see uh, to to get a pronunciation in case it really was a word, and Google returned absolutely zero on it. They just made up a bunch of letters. Bizarre, isn't it? So we'll call it the then. But anyway, this is a barn door lock, and this goes back to the the, the story earlier I was talking about about the drill. Um, I had to my, my static home's um, door latch broke. Oh yes, um, and I, I had to put a new one on. So I thought, right, I'll go old fashioned. I'll go Arkwrights on this. <laughs> yes, local ironmonger spe- special, and I got a hook and eye barn door hat latch thingy. Um, which came with the screws and what have you. Um, and I used that drill earlier to um, make the holes to put the thing in. And it worked a treat. You can get these little hooks in four inches or three inches or two inches versions. And the four inch one is £4.89. And it's just perfect. It 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 feels really well made. It feels solid. It's all metal. And I mean, I don't know, maybe it'll rust in time, but um, it's black. Can you get different colours? He says, leaping across to the... <laughs> More dead um, air for me to Oh, yes, you can. Okay. You can. You can get a silver and black, and I got the black one. And it really does look the part, and it does the job, and it works absolutely fine. You just need a horse or some pigs or something to keep behind the door with that sort of lock. 
years. Just a well, the, the, I, I, I put it down at the bottom of the door where the old one was that broke, and um, I'm waiting for a really windy day now to. Because the the point is that you in a in, in a static home, you, as you as I've mentioned so many times, it gets ridiculously hot, and um, in the summer. And being able to prop the door open is um, a, a great boon. But so many times I've sat here and I prop the door open and it's whacked, bang, oh, God, in the yes, wind. Yes. And you think, good grief, it's going to break off any minute. Anyway, there you go. The Cheshire Washington White Arm Farm <laughs> Door Lock. <laughs> Better before. Um, I have a friend who sadly is in prison, though in all seriousness, no need to go into details. But um, I visited the other week and arriving at the prison, you know, it's the usual procedure. You're searched. You have to get, leave everything in a locker. You can't take anything in with you. He was about 20 minutes late in the visiting room and I found myself sat in the visiting room waiting for 20 minutes. Um, and as I say, you can't bring anything in. Nothing is allowed. You have to empty your pockets. Least of all, could you bring in a mobile phone? So I suddenly found myself sat in this room and my only source of stimulation was to look around the room and look at the pictures on the walls and observe other people in conversation, having their visits and looking at the table in front of me and the chair I was sitting on and the other chair in front of me. And it it was actually a lovely experience. It was like the old days of being at the doctor's waiting room, except without magazines, you know, in the old days before mobile phones took up our every waking moment. And... um. The really weird thing, the thing that I really did notice was I spent the first two or three minutes being bored and impatient and thinking, where the heck is he? I'm getting bored waiting here. I've got nothing to do. And then I sort of started to enter this sort of zen-like calm of, hey, this is quite interesting. I'm just with my own thoughts now. I suppose it was like going into a sort of meditation. And I just thought, I actually like this. I'm actually paying paying attention to the world. And if I'd had my phone with me, I probably wouldn't have noticed the very nice pictures on the wall here. Um, you know, artwork that's done by fellow prisoners and stuff. And, and, and then watching the other people in the room. And I thought, I actually like this. I actually miss sitting in a room not playing with my phone. And I just thought it was a better before moment worth mentioning that, you know, if you can bear to do it, put your phone down for half an hour and just live life without technology and remember what it used to be like. End of sermon. I guess, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess that um, probably I've done that, but not in a, a, a prison yeah. um, waiting room. But, but for example, sitting on the beach, um, particularly for me in the winter, and you just sit there and look out at yes. the sea and look at the ocean and the water and, and try to um, imagine for just a, a, a few minutes how big that body of water is yes. and how deep it is. And, and then you look at the sky and look at the clouds and, and yeah, you see some people coming by. and you I, I completely get that. We, and, and you're right, the, the temptation would be um, to get your phone out and fiddle about and look at whatever... Um, but yeah, better before moment. I, I think that's true. We should all take time to just sit and cogitate and, and, and look. Yes, I, I, I had a friend a few years ago who sadly had a mental illness and had to go into a hospital for a couple of weeks or so. And he wasn't allowed his phone. He wasn't allowed any connection to the outside world, any Internet. And when he got better and came out, he said to me exactly what we've just been saying. He said, the world is so much brighter and more interesting for me because I've had two weeks with no phone. And now I've come yeah. out. I'm not 
inclined to dive straight back into Facebook again because I want to experience the real world with real people. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we should all detox now and again, shouldn't we? It's a bit of a worry, isn't it, really? The way that we've made ourselves and the way that society has made us. And we live in this kind of Facebook, TikTok um, universe now. And if we're stuck without those services and those apps and those yes. phones and those devices, we're, we're kind of at a loss. So, yes. When you hear that in America they are putting advertisements on the pavements because people now walk looking downwards at phones, so they'll yeah. see the advert on the pavement. I mean, that's a really sorry state to be in, I think. Very sad indeed. Incidentally, your friend in prison, yes. I remember ages and ages ago, you were talking about trying to find him um, something, or maybe it's the, the person that was had the mental health problem. You were trying to find something that, that couldn't connect, a word processing device. Did you ever find that? No, we didn't. It was for my friend in prison because he's not allowed any internet connection in there, obviously. And um, right. no, it, it, we, we felt also because there was the problem of getting it to him. Even if I'd managed to find something, you've then got so much red tape to go, claw through to yeah. actually be allowed to present something to the prisoner in the prison that we, we gave up in the end. But no, I, I couldn't find anything. Right. I mean, that again is another um, qualification of the the world we now live in that you you know supposing you wanted to have a pc that would not connect to the internet <laughs> i don't think such a thing exists anymore no um well you could disconnect it <laughs> you could pull it out of the plug enough Ian Barton is here now on Room 101 with Google Maps Addiction. Ah. I'm taking my wife to Macclesfield, he says, on a weekly basis at the moment where she goes for her chemo. She insists on taking the route that Google Maps suggests that avoids the M6 at Junction 16 and north for a couple of junctions. It is faster than alternative routes via A-roads, it says, and country lanes by a whopping three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> The M6 around Junction 16 has almost daily accidents that involve massive tailbacks or closure of the motorway. Where I lived, when I lived in Derbyshire, Ian says I had to pass through Macclesfield on a weekly basis. So I know, I know all the possible shortcuts and alternative routes that don't involve a motorway. I think that I finally convinced her that not going on the motorway and not doing what Google Maps tells her is best. <laughs> This was a very interesting thread on the on MeWe and a lot of people contributed. And I think what I take away in the end of it all is you have to be careful. If you've got a good sat-nav that is competent and getting correct information and making the correct route adjustments according to that information, then, and no disrespect, Ian, but in that case, I think you're a fool if you don't follow your sat-nav. I mean, I've fallen into this trap. I've had a sat nav that said come off at the motorway here and I thought well that's ridiculous my junction's the next one I'm going to stay on and then of course I sit in the traffic jam for two hours because there's been an accident I've learned to trust the sat nav and do what the sat nav says if it's a good sat nav that works well but I also completely take Ian's point because some sat navs just belligerently want you to take a certain route that you know is actually not as quick as the normal route. And the problem is, how do you make that call between, I know the sat-nav's taking me on a longer route, I'm going to take the short one, and the sat-nav may be taking me on this longer route because the short one has an accident on it. So it's it's the boy cries wolf syndrome in a way. Difficult. Do you, do you know where the data comes from for your sat-nav? 
Well, they all come from different places. I mean, I have TomTom, and I TomTom, right? I don't know. I mean, some of them use use mass user data, don't they? And some of them use um, various um, what's the word institutions that provide data. So I wouldn't know yeah. to be honest. But you just but, have to make a call of whether you trust your sat nav, and if you do trust it, then trust it. But this this seems within to be very specifically about Google Maps. So maybe it's true that Google Maps just gets this wrong regularly on that Junction 16 because Ian knows it so well and he knows that it's just just avoid it. Don't ever go yes, there. Yes, yes. And, and if and if Google Maps is not getting up to up to date data quick enough, um, then yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe on this particular. Um, system and this particular junction on this particular road, um, what he's saying is is good. But I, I think generally you're right. Mostly it, this stuff is trustworthy now, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, but as I say, this is the problem that Ian might have. If his if Google Maps is a little bit quirky, then one day he's going to say to his wife, no, 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 we'll go this way, it's quicker. And Google Maps hasn't noticed the accident that's just happened and he'll sit in, a, sit in traffic for an hour. But, you know, you pays your money, you takes your chance. Yeah. Oh, I'm very glad we had oh. an excuse to play the jingle again. <laughs> what, excuse, what excuse did you make up? Well, this is no excuse this time. This is most genuine indeed. Darling Ian Watson gets a gold star from me, me this week for Darling, very, very... Something we don't know. <laughs> it's just between me and Ian. Um, he sent me an Amazon button. God bless him. Um... I've been having some trouble here. My mother, I won't bore you all with this, but I need a 30 second countdown. And Google, late to the party as always, you can only control Google Home with your voice. You cannot control Google Home with a physical button of any description. The only way that I found to do that would be to pay 130 quid for a Google doorbell and then tell Google when I press the doorbell, run this action. And I didn't want to spend 130 quid. Um, uh, so I decided, sod it. I'm, I've got an old Amazon here. I'm going to just use an Echo and go with Amazon. And Ian sent me an Amazon button because for some reason Amazon themselves have stopped making and selling the Amazon button, which is a fabulous thing. It's a, I mean, really, it's like something out of a cartoon because it's a dirty great big button with a light on it. And when you press it, it illuminates in red or green or blue of your choice. Um, but you can trigger actions with the button. I couldn't find one. I was in conversation with Ian about it first on the thread and then privately. And God bless him. He said, um, I've got a button here. I don't need. I'll send it to you. And he did. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to Ian for doing that. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, uh, I believe he actually made a donation to the coffee fund as well, didn't he? He did. He very, very generously um, not only did that, but he doubled it and paid for the postage to get it to you and all the rest of it. So, um, well done, Ian. Um, you do deserve a gold star for, for your support for the show. Thank you very much. Now that's... <laughs> That should have been another jingle and we didn't have one. So there we go. And that's the we're, final bell. I think we're done. The, Time, gentlemen, please. Yeah. Oh, that's what we should have done. Time, gentlemen. Um, anyway, yes. Two weeks. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we were kind of done on this one. So um, links, as always, um, will be at whateverworks.works and in your podcatcher. So do head across there. Uh, tedsalmon.com is where you'll find everything if you get lost with anything. And do head across there. Aidenbell.com is where Aiden hangs out. Out. And don't forget the MeWe group. The MeWe group is where we hang out with you, hopefully, and hopefully you tell us whatever works in your life, good and bad, whatever doesn't work, um, and we'll bring the highlights of that to the show. So do hang out there. If you don't know what we're talking about, then head for tedsalmon.com and join us. 
Any last words from you, young man? Do you know, in my business, we call it Dr. Theatre. I mean, you and I, we were so glum and dour and, oh, we don't feel good. And now we, <laughs> we get to yeah, the end of yeah. the show and we're like a couple of complete lunatics. So <laughs> there you go. Although I have got a sore throat. <laughs> uh, all the best, everybody, and see you in a fortnight. OK, so, um, yes, uh, don't forget, one last thing to say. Whatever, Whatever works. Works. <laughs> <laughs> works.